Welcome to Generation Business. This is your host, Rick Rawls, and I have two authors here. We're going to be talking about the business of writing a book. Um, I have with me... Kat McHugh. And... David Fluck. And, and they're two awesome people in the uh, publishing industry. Uh, one's an author and one's an editor. And um, welcome, you guys, to the show. Thanks for having us, Rick. Thanks for sitting at the table. <laughs> um, so we're going to talk about the business of publishing. We know that the, we, in this changing world, we have um, so many things. Things are going from print to ebooks, or they say now they're saying that print is going back. But what is the what is the one thing about um, disseminating information um, that you find that is the constant of our journeys? Disseminating information. <laughs> I mean. People are always looking for stories. Even now, people are looking to podcasts to turn those into books or turn them into movies, turn them into different things. So it's just, uh, uh, in terms of disseminating it, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm an old school person, so I just, I like paper, and that's all I really care about and know about. <laughs> well, I think that's true. True. Um, that's true for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. They won't admit it. What about you, Mr. Author? Well, I think we live through this life, uh, you know, saving, collecting, and uh, remembering information. And I think it's our duty as individuals and artists and uh, beings to uh, to disseminate our perspective on what we've learned over time. Not necessarily to educate people, but rather to introduce people to other points of view. Uh, I've learned so much from reading other people from other people reading of other people's perspectives and I feel like we all have that to share. So the dissemination of art and words and music is, 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 is not just a privilege but almost an obligation uh, to add to this, this, uh, this, uh, this primordial ooze of humanity that we've, we've created together and continue to, uh, to live in. Well, I think it's kind of funny because they, you know, you think about the old time myths, you know, and how they were passed down and now they're written and how they were written and, and the whole history of publishing the great Alexandria um, library back in the day, like two, three thousand years ago and, and how information hasn't changed. People are still in a place of learning. So you, you check out bookstores, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Well, this one's totally packed. So. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, but people always want to be in a bookstore. They That's always true. want to be learning and learning. So it's really kind of important. I think we as as it's the draw of stories. It's the draw of stories. People want an escape. Well, I was thinking about you know what you're saying about changing media. We're going back and forth between e like online stuff now going back to paper, and you know that might reflect something. For me, like going back to paper, like I never left it. Um, you know, people love going back to analog things like vinyl records and stuff. Um, so I don't know how much of that is like marketing now versus an actual disconnect with the media. But then I also feel like I'm a very apocalyptic person, so I'm thinking about, well, should we be going back to oral stories, like things that we're passing on through like theater or poetry that we're able to remember in like a post-apocalyptic scenario where there's going to be no libraries or just remnants of things. So, I mean, that's like the next frontier for me. Is, yeah, it's so uh, What a fun. Things passed on like that versus anything that's actually written in stone. Well, that's important. It's funny you say that because you know how grandmothers take down your, 
grandmothers tell you stories, and you, you, you take those stories and lessons, and then you write, and then you write. I wrote, I read uh, Barbara King Solver's Animal Dreams. You, you know, she's a, she's a kind of 90s, 2000 writer, and um, I, she wrote the Poisonwood Bible. Mm -hmm. And so I just was like, that sounded like a story that was passed down the way it was disseminated because those stories also, not only in books, they translate the television. So it was like her book was just like, ah. So I understand what you, you, you mean, the story, because people are, can experience because it leads to the imagination. Mm -hmm. And you, you interpret something, you hear something and you interpret it way differently than I would. So, um, so one more, one more thing, Mr. Arthur. Let me ask, author. Let me ask you, um, what kind of genre do you think uh, that you like, first of all, and then secondly, what what um, genres do you think like our contemporary societies are, are really into these days? Well, I. I was in Hollywood for 16 years and I ended up writing sci-fi fantasy, which is what I like to read or preferred to read. Um, but I, I currently just wrapped up on a, a, a piece of historical fiction. But I find um, I find it being uh, uh, the world being um, like more saturated in uh, the young adult market, and uh, and it's something I'm interested in getting into. I'm not quite. Uh, sure, like how I go from uh, you know uh, historical fiction to that, but I feel like that's a really broad uh, market that um, that is very available to all different sorts of genres. So young adult as a genre is very enticing because so many other genres fall under it. You can write sci-fi, fantasy, historical fiction under the auspices of this uh, young adult market. So I think that's that's pretty interesting and getting. And, and being uh, having that opportunity to pass your stories down to younger people is also very interesting to me as well. Well, it's, it's interesting that you say that because you, you see the phenomenon of Harry Potter and the yeah. Hunger Games. Absolutely. How that even translated into adult literature. Yes. And people piggybacked off of that. So you're, you're, you're kind of right. That kind of determines a lot. You think about comic books. For years, nobody oh really cared about what's going on. All of a sudden, the Marvel series. So. Targeting the young adult population, where you think about, oh, now it's like this whole. Well, you really hit the nail on the head there, Rick, because when like Marvel came out and started writing a lot of these comics, they meant them to be allegorical of current social situations, right? right? So what a great way to introduce these, like the plight of the uh, the repressed or the uh, discriminated against, then under this the camouflage of comic book characters, and, right. and as you've noted, like with Hunger Games, that's totally about income inequality and the inequalities of, you know, between rich and the poor, and other other uh, young adult uh, books uh, play in those uh, metaphors, and I think it's such a potent way to get the word out, and I think it resonates with older people because those themes are so apparent and obvious. Well, in it, in it the kind of... Beyond that, what you just said, I thought about X-Men. About yeah, how I was X thinking about X-Men too. X-Men. Holocaust uh, right. right. But here's a crazy thing. X-Men have the power to decimate. And yet they don't do it. But yet they're oppressed. Yeah. yeah. They have the power to kill. But they always hold back. So it's always interesting reading the, that it's just really interesting how life does imitate part. The people who have the ability to kill those who think they do, they don't do it. So you're right about Alec. I, I, one of my, my fascinations is with comics is this. DC Comics has the uncanny ability to always predict a coming crisis. <laughs> I've watched this for 30 years. 
they predicted every crisis that has ever come in the last 30 years, financial crisis. And it's always interesting. The last 52, they re, when they remade, remade the world, um, that came out uh, 2000, I think 2006 or something. And all of a sudden, in the next two years, the financial markets were all remade. So it's a really interesting how what we read really begins to influence um, the world around us. What, what is what is our final word we want to leave with everybody, guys? Oh, final words. That's a lot to ask. I don't really... <laughs> so, uh, keep telling stories. Keep listening for stories. And keep paying attention to your surroundings. I'd say just keep following what you're compelled to do. And, you know... Anytime I'm writing anything, it's not because I feel like obligated to for anyone else. I just feel like I am obligated to myself to do it or I cannot help doing it. So just uh, let yourself become obsessed with something and follow it. Yes. Well, thank you guys for joining me. Um, um, this is your host, Rick Rawls, for Generation Business. Thank you guys for joining us. Thanks, Rick.